Welcome to the Eskenzi PR podcast, where we share pearls of wisdom on PR and cybersecurity. Hi, I'm Yvonne Eskenzi, and today our podcast is all about how to win over the press and our lovely journalists. Um, and in our studio today, we have Lara Lackey, who is... And everyone who knows Lara out there is the queen of all PR, aren't you, Lara? Everyone loves you. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> no one can see, but I'm definitely blushing. <laughs> she, no, I only say that because Lara is the sort of person that absolutely knows how to win over the press, which is why we have her in our studio today. So, Lara, this is all about kind of working out and giving people advice how to write great press releases, how to go and kind of tantalize the press with great hooks and news stories it's what we do as PR people you tell us how do you think you should win the press over okay so I think there's a few things really and I guess you know considering that everyone's on social media these days you know people who are looking to find out about news want to get it in real time. So that means that all the journalists are massively in demand, inundated with emails and phone calls and pitches all day, every day. So I think one of the key things you need to do um, in order to attract their attention and make sure they even want to open your email in the first place is to do quite a bit of research about them before you even start thinking about sending over a pitch. So what I normally do is really spend time refining a media list. Um, I do that using a whole host of different tools, which here at Eskenzi, we are very lucky enough to have access to. So what I tend to do is think of the keywords that I am going to be using within the pitch, whether it's from the press release that I'm wanting to issue, whether it's about a particular data breach, uh, whether it's about ransomware, whatever it may be. And I will use a tool to search for influencers and journalists who have written on those specific topics. Um, once you have that list, you can then tailor your pitch exclusively to them, which I think is really important. You also need to think about the type of media that you're wanting to contact. So, for example, reporters at the national newspapers are often up against ridiculously hard deadlines. Um, so you need to um, have a think about how and when you're going to reach out to them to make sure you're hitting them at the right time. Speaking to a journalist on the phone, I think, obviously gives you much more leverage to be able to sell your story in, in a sort of persuasive and animated manner, which you can't do over email. But that being said, so many reporters these days don't like taking phone calls. In fact, many of them specify not to pitch over the phone. They literally just want emails, sometimes even on Twitter. So then you have to contend with trying to fit an interesting pitch into a maximum of 240 characters, which is obviously not easy to do. That's such a good point that you just now made, because in the olden days, I used to send out um, surveys to all the journalists to ask them how they wanted to actually receive their information. And you're now saying they don't want to be phoned up. Do you still think it's a good idea? I mean, obviously, it's all about getting to know your journalists. But do you think it's a good idea saying to all the journalists that you want to contact, how do you want to receive your news these days? Because I know I've noticed how you deal with a lot of journalists on Twitter and you have a look at what they're actually after on Twitter. I know we use response source. There's loads of tools we do use. And you're saying they don't necessarily want to be phoned up. But do you think it's an idea to actually go to your 35 favourite journalists and say, how do you want to receive your news? 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a good idea, um, especially whether you can get hold of them for them to answer such a survey is, I guess, slightly a different matter. But I think it will would definitely make a difference in terms of your pitching if you know specifically what type of contact each reporter prefers. The other question I was going to ask you is um, headlines. You know, you just now said when you write a pitch, it's got to be good, it's got to be your message, etc. Yeah. I think I try so hard now when I write my headlines. For my, I'm talking about my email headers. Um, and I was trying always write it in around sort of six to nine words I know that when I speak to journalists they say you get 300 um, press releases a day how would you go about making sure that yours is the one that gets opened how do you make that headline to your email brilliant I think you've hit up the nail on the head there kind of keeping it within a maximum of 10 words what I actually do is uh, once I've come up with the headline which I'll go into a bit more detail in a moment I actually send just a blank email to myself, just so I can see when it pops up in my inbox exactly how much of that header you can advice. see straight away. Because often, you know, you don't want it to go across the screen to a point where they can only see the first couple of words. Would, would you say also um, it's important to get it double checked? You're saying that you actually send an email to yourself so you can see if it's too long and it makes sense. Do you get people, I know we, I'm saying, do you get, of course we get people in the office to double check them, but isn't that the golden rule? Always, always get somebody else to put a second pair of eyes over everything you write. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the, for the best of people, there can be spelling mistakes or grammatical errors that, you know, just slip your mind. And don't journalists like to show you up and show it. And they tweet about it now these days if you do actually have an error in a press release. Exactly. Especially with things like Facebook groups. There's a, a particular group on Facebook that uh, the journalists love to sometimes have a bit of a dig at PR people. So uh, definitely not a goal to be part of that conversation. But yeah, definitely having someone proofread everything, making sure that there's no errors is super important. So the other thing that's really key is research, isn't it? Actually really, really knowing your journalists. The most important thing is not to kind of pee them off and send them stuff they don't want to hear. And, the, and, and they, you know, the amount of times I've seen out there where journalists say, please just get to know us. Don't send us stuff we don't want to hear about. That's absolutely golden one rule, don't you say? A hundred percent. There's so many times where you see journalists complaining that they've been pitched a story about something totally unrelated to the area that they cover. So doing that background research, like I touched on earlier, in terms of really digging into the types of stories they've previously written uh, to make sure you're targeting the right person. And then when you are reaching out to them, you're in you know a great position to actually say to them, you know, following the story that you've written on XYZ and including a link to it. So they actually know that you've read a previous story that they've written and that it relates to what you're sending them. Um, you know, you've committed the time to do that research. So make that clear to them and that will definitely stand you in good stead. Now, in the olden days, I used to, I've been doing this for like near on 30 years. And I remember all I ever used to do was take my journalists out for lunch. I would ring them up. I'd have them around for coffee. I'd go to their offices for coffee. It was fabulous. And I'd really understand what kind of made them tick. And they would understand what made me tick. And that was really about relationships. And of course, PR is still very much about relationships. And I still can phone up so many journalists and just say, listen, mate, I think this is a good story. What do you reckon? How do you cultivate and maintain relationships? How do you recommend doing that? I think one of the things you can do to sort of help feed these relationships with the media is just stay in contact with them. Once you've started to build that relationship, 
Um, you know, just little things like when they do cover a piece of your news, make sure you put that out on social media, tag them in that post so they can see that you're actively not only promoting the fact that your client has had coverage, but also pushing out the fact that a particular journalist has written a really great story. That definitely is a good thing to do, I think. Um, some journalists do like to still go out of the office and you know we have had here at Askenzie a few sort of drinks events where we've invited reporters to come along um, but it is increasingly more difficult to do that. Tell me something when we have a CEO that flies into the UK from Silicon Valley or Israel or somewhere like that um, which is where most of our clients are based being in cybersecurity, how difficult is it to get the journalists to come out and meet them now if they're coming into London? It's incredibly difficult these days. Um, as we've touched on before, lots of reporters are so busy. They're inundated with emails and phone calls. Um, and often they just don't have time to get out of the office. But I think if you have a, a really, really strong story, you've done your research, as we've mentioned previously, um, you know, you can definitely persuade them to come out of the office if you know that you can offer them a great headline at the end of the meeting. Um, and there are particular reporters who, for example, will only take meetings with CEOs. Actually, having a CEO come over is probably the one opportunity that you are likely to get a journalist to come out to go to a meeting. Um, it's quite unusual that they come over. So it's you know great for a journalist to actually sit down with such a high level executive from a company that they may be interested in. And they're pretty much always guaranteed to get an interesting take on a particular industry issue, for example. Um, so that works really well. And what about this whole problem that we have with timing? Timing's a big, big issue, isn't it, with journalists? Because if they're on a national newspaper, they're often up against the deadlines. Um, how do you learn about when to contact a journalist at the right time? I think actually it's a little bit of trial and error in some respects. Uh, for example, you know, we had uh, a good example of this is the British Airways data breach, which happened uh, late in the evening, I actually managed to get comments back from some clients fairly quickly after sending them the story over. And I kind of had that decision in my mind. Do I issue comments now, given that it's nine o'clock at night? Do I wait, schedule them to be issued first thing in the morning? Um, so what I ended up doing was having a think about the types of reporters who may be writing at that time. And obviously the national newspapers are running 24-7, um, particularly those that have a print edition so, you know, I took the uh, decision to send out comments to the nationals and some of the broadcast media last night, which obviously has um, has worked really well. We've had already a client on the BBC this morning, for example, and have had requests from um, ITV and from Sky News. So the timing is definitely important. I told you she was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the timing is definitely important, um, particularly with the nationals and the broadcasts. Now... When we've got something good to say, like a rapid response, that's great for us because we can get our, our we can get our clients onto uh, radio, TV, and into the broadcast publications and broadsheet publications. What about when you've got something really, really dull that you know you've got to try and get out there? So our clients seem to think very often they've got a product review. Everyone's going to want to write about that, and we all know that's not the case. So how do we turn that into something really exciting and interesting? I know that's the key, and we've got to be really creative. So I suppose the question I'm asking you is, is PR now all about, or winning over the journalists, being really, really creative? Yeah, I think it definitely is. I mean, you know, product news has, in the last little while has definitely become much harder to uh, to pitch to reporters um, so I think the way to look at it maybe is to 
is to take it from an issues-based perspective. So what is the issue uh, that this particular product is trying to address and what is it going to help enterprises to deal with? Um, and then when you can hook that onto a news story that's happened recently, uh, then that's definitely a really good way to still get in that product um, story, but without it being really dry. So I think you've hit the nail on the head. It is all about making it topical, relevant, um, of the moment. I, I always forget, I always remember when a journalist said to me, listen, Yvonne, if you've got iPhone or something really sort of catchy and interesting and topical in your headline, we'll use it. Because all about getting traffic to your website, isn't it? As many hits as you possibly can, bringing the SEO of every single uh, publication and um newsfeed you possibly can up up the search engines it's what it's all about isn't it as you said when you try and write a headline you write a uh, an article or press release you've got to seo it haven't you've got to make it sexy interesting topical all of those things and that's the only way you can probably try and get get your article sold yeah absolutely just again going back to the amount of uh, correspondence that reporters receive on a daily basis if you can't even think of a attention grabbing headline uh, they're not even going to open the email in the first place let alone read the pitch or uh, even try to understand the story that you're trying to sell them now let's try and think of leaving everyone with three golden tips of how do you win over the press Lara I should really be answering this one as well because I've been doing this forever but um you're also very good at doing this what do you think those three golden tips are for winning over the press Research is key, 100%. Make sure that you are refining your media list and you are researching the topics that your journalists are writing on to make sure that you are tailoring your pitch exclusively to them. Um, make it personal. Never just send out a blanket email with exactly the same wording to hundreds of different journalists. Um, spend time developing different angles for different reporters that you know will work for their publication. Um, make it easy for them. You know, We've said that journalists are super busy um, so once you've done that research and you've made it personal to them, if you've narrowed down your pitching pool and you've, you know, you've offered them this story and you give it to them in a nice package, that makes it easy for them to run with and then just cultivate and maintain those relationships. So, you know, if they do like going out for meetings, make sure that you're inviting them whenever you've got a super important executive in town, offer to take them out for lunch, out for drinks, you know, at the end of the day, they may be busy, but everyone likes a bit of a booze up. Thanks, Laura. That was great. And yet again, we've got tons of pearls of wisdom on how to win over the press. Fabulous. And I'm certainly going to go back to the drawing board and remember some of those tips you've given over to us. Next time, we'll be talking about how to win over the press with a great article. How do you write it? How many words do you put in there? How do you get the press to write about it? Speak to you soon. Have a good one.